This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Okay, good morning. Today's class is and Sion Benema for the success also of Tova Tanya Batsvia and Nisan Ben Miriam Chaya also in the success of Yekutiel Yehuda Mordechai Ben Gitel Rivka. Hashem give him a zivug, parnasa, everything that his heart desires. Um, also in the Yerat Shemaim and success of Elisheva Rabbah, Gadiel Ben Elisheva, Shefran Elisheva, Reda Malkavatovasha, and Emmet Ben Elisheva. Also, this class, also please uh, rate and share the podcast. November 6th, a huge event in um, in Brooklyn. I, I think the, the events for like a thousand people, already, already like 800 already, already sold out. So don't wait till the last minute like last time. Always wait till the last minute, then there's no seats. So please, please, there should be the seats this way. I think there's, it could seat up to 1,500 people. But it should be a great, great event with Rabbi Rush, who might be his last event in, in, uh, in the United States. So this is why we did this this event so fast uh, in November 6th. Otherwise, and hopefully we are planning another event next year, a, d- a different style of event, but this event should be amazing concepts. Today happens to be the yurt site of the Holy Rav Levi Yitzhak The reason why we talk about a tzaddik on his yurt site is because of specific energy and power and light on that day where we can tap into his advice and his advice is more applicable to that day. So we're going to take an amazing two concepts that I really, really love. Uh, we're going to take it from the book called Sparks of Bardichev. I have personally been to, to his gravesite many, many times and he was called the defender. He was always called the defender. He always found the good points in Kali Yisrael. And we're going to just take two concepts from, him, from his book. This book is from Rav Yaakov Klein. Uh, really, really great concepts on how to really, really open up doors in heaven, open up the gates in heaven. So he says, he, he, takes, the, he takes the beginning, and what, what was he really known for? He was extremely enthusiastic in everything he did. You know, he, he didn't, uh, he wasn't feeling the, you know, the New York energy at 8 o'clock. Everything he did was enthusiastic, and he had a tremendous energy in whatever he did. He put his love in his heart Whatever he did, that's what he was known for. It was stories about that he was in, a, in the middle of a kiddish. Also, I forgot to tell you one, one, more, one more thing we have to announce. Also, this, this class is also in the success of the eye surgery of Justin Rosenfeld. Hashem give him a, a, a quick, amazing refu shalema. And that is going to be tomorrow's surgery. So this class is also in that honor. Just a quick two-minute two story on that. Because I'm sitting here with Isaac, who we were at his sukkah on, Thursday, on Friday. Uh, no, on Sukkot, Friday. Friday? What time is just, we've lost track of time. And at the end of the story, I gave, I gave a story on how I came to America because of the Lubavitcher Rebbe's advice that she, my, my mother wrote a letter saying, I'm, I'm in Colombia, should I get out of here? Should I not get out of here? What should I do? Lubavitcher Rebbe told her, you, you have to get out of here. And I said in that class, I don't even know why I said it in that class, because it wasn't even, we weren't even talking about any of that stuff. How important is to follow the advice of a tzaddik, specifically Lubavitcher Rebbe? All of a sudden, he he was deciding whether or not he should do the surgery, and he was completely confused. And his brother Patiel told him, "You should take a book from the uh, advice from the one of the letters of the Rebbe Lubavitch, 
And so he took the advice, somehow the, the, the letter said you should have a tzacha, but he was still, he's a Taurus, he's real confused, should I do it, should I not? He was in his head, didn't know he should do it. And all of a sudden he says, I need advice. And that happened to be that day, we did the class very late. So normally he listens to it in the morning, but that day he listened to it later. And in the advice, you have to take the advice of, of, of simple advice. And because of that class and that story, which was all meant to happen, so he should do the surgery tomorrow, which is crazy. When I heard the story and I was like, why did I even say that story? It made, made no sense for me to say that story in that class. It had nothing to do with Lubavitcher Rebbe. But somehow you could see how much we know absolutely nothing. And when God wants you to uh, say something, it's going to come out of your mouth. And I've seen this so many times where just things come out for, specifically for that one person to hear it. At one time I, heard, I said something for one person to hear in Nevada. And they call me, how did you know this situation? Again, it's just a channel. It's amazing to see this. You see, I see this all the time. So this is sometimes I bring notes to classes. I'm like, you know, take the notes, throw it out, just connect, and the words will come out. So he takes a concept from Bereshit, and he takes a beautiful, beautiful fact that we're in Bereshit now. So what, what is really our goal? The sitting in the head of the majestic Shabbat table, surrounded by his chassidim, the Koska Rebbe asks a, asks a very profound question to his students, and they ask him, what's the purpose of our, of, of what do we do, what do we, what are we here in this earth? In this earth? So his, his, his disciples said, we are here to lift up earth using the mundane to bring it up to holiness. All of a sudden, the Holy Koska Rebbe closed his eyes, shook his head, and he says, No, we are here to lift up heaven. We are here to lift up heaven. What does that mean practically? We are here to lift up heaven. How do we practically lift up heaven? What can we practically do? We are here to lift up heaven. So from this, the, 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 he takes a beautiful analogy from Sefer Kedusha Levi, which is Rav Levi Yitzchak of he says, this is meant, what he's trying to tell us here, is that the way the, way the world works, we, we, you're going to read it in, in, in the Parsha of the Bereshit, that man, there was no rain, and man required Adam to pray for, of course God could have brought the rain, he created everything else, he can't, can't cause it to rain, but basically created an arousal from below, that means we have to pray, and then the rain comes. So everything in this world, it's an unbelievable concept, which is, it's so simple, yet, because of our emotions, we don't do simple things, right? We know what to do, but because of our emotions, and because of the state we're in usually, and because of the life itself, you know, it's enough distractions. We always have to see what the ego and the Yetzirah wants us to do, to get us distracted. If we have focus and we know exactly what to do, we, we take action and we go the other way. Common sense, it will tell you, if you're making a U-turn, if you're, going, if you're trying to go to Orlando, and it keeps on saying you're going the wrong way, you're going to Key West. Common sense, you would say, you know what? Maybe I should listen and turn around and go back to Orlando. But our emotions, no, I don't want to listen to you right now. It's the GPS. How could you not listen? This is what the, the evil inclination does. We, we, we don't listen to what we, we need to do. So what he's saying here, it's, it's, life is extremely simple. It's the, your life is a mirror. If you want something different in life, if you want something you never had before, you have to do something you never did before. That means there's certain things in life that are not attracting certain specific things in our lives. And this is because you need an awakening from below to trigger an awakening from above. That's Kabbalah 101.
as a below, so is above. So if we were, like I said, this analogy all the time, imagine somebody says at the end of the day, if you, at, at, from one to 10, if I rate from one to 10, I'm gonna give you a million dollars at the end of the day, but you have to stay at a level eight happiness. How present would you be that day? You would be completely present that day. You would not allow anything to bother you because you're getting a million dollars at the end of the day. But you have to be at the average of an eight happiness. And you can get audited at any time. How present would you be? Would you be thinking about the future? No. Would you be thinking about the past? No, because you know, I have to get to that score. Think about what would that be? If we, if we recognize this analogies, if we recognize that everything we're thinking about below is sending a vibration on high, you would be so present constantly, you would, you would, you would not be, God forbid, depressed and, and sad for hours and years. You would say, oh my God, what's, what's happening upstairs? What's happening upstairs? That means we have, if we recognize this, we would constantly be aware that every, as so is below, so is above. And this is where the Pasuk says, God is your shadow. Yes, God is your shadow. Which triggers, that means when you do an action below, you do an action above. Which triggers a mirror response from heaven called an awakening from above. Regarding this system, David Amalek says, God is your shadow. Which the Midrash often taught by the Holy Baal Shem Tov interprets that the way, the may, the way a person acts in, the, in this physical world is the exact same way that Hashem corresponds to in heaven. You are a co-creator, believe it or not. You are not a victim. This is why I speak about this limitation concept so much. This victim mindset, this letting go mindset. Why do I think, why, why do we stress this so much? It's because you're creating blockages in heaven because you have blockages below. And you assume you know everything below. So what happens? You have a very little window upstairs. So we here, we have to create big windows. It's another thing, my last name, Fenster. Gedalia Fenster, big window. <laughs> it's funny, I was in, a, in, a, in going to Germany for, to, to go to Uman one time. Oh, your name is Big Window, window. Big window, yes, put me by the window. I always have to have big windows because big window means look, in, look upstairs. You know, when you close the window, you close your mind. You gotta always look in heaven. Rabbi Nachman says the first thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is look at heaven. And when you look at heaven, that gives you consciousness. Just looking in heaven gives you consciousness. Because it's a person is prone to look at his phone and look down at the heaviness of life. Life is heavy. Let's be honest. Life is heavy. But we have to constantly lift up. Lift up. You can see everybody's got back problems today. Why? Because posture. Nobody's looking up. Nobody's standing straight. Nobody's looking at heaven. Nobody's looking down. Believe me, you'll, you'll make a lot of money today being a, just fixing people's postures. Looking down, the heaviness. The shoulders go down just because the heaviness of life. Life is heavy. So we have to go anti-gravity. Anti. Sit, sit up straight. Look at heaven. Face the day. And look at the day right. And, 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 and this is where if you were just understood that every single day you should ask yourself, this is the level, imagine you wanted the best marriage, you have to be present. Everything's being present. And because if you're present, then in heaven, there's nothing blocking. 
present is the moment. It's constantly being recreated. I can be happy in the present moment. But it's not, it's something you have to constantly work on, work on, work on. This is why we tell you early in mornings, be aggressive. Aggressive in the mornings because you want to be able to create that pattern in heaven of gratitude. Imagine you're waking up in the morning, you're, you're talking to your creator, you're displaying your faith in him, you're, you're grateful, you're taking accountability for what you're doing. You're not waking up and letting the, the alarm clock hit you in the face five times. You're taking accountability. You're approaching your issues. You're showing humility. You're showing your, your, your inability to comprehend everything in life and how much you need help. So all of these things, how much do you think this is helping you? Uh, have mental health today because you are, being a, you are making the arousal below. <laughs> you're waking up early. You wake up from sleep. First of all, it's waking up from life itself. Second, you're talking to your creator. You're displaying faith. Third, you're taking accountability. Fourth, you're... you're, you're your attitude in the day means I'm excited for this day. So just think about spiritually what you're doing in heaven. You're creating that mirror effect that this person is in the game. They're in the game. They're showing up. They're showing up to life. Where the tendency today is not to show up to life. So this is why this is aggressive approach has to be done. You have to be aggressive in the mornings. You have to because that is showing the tone of what, what's inside your head. What's, what are you really thinking about your head? Are you checking in? Or are you checking out? And ultimately, when we take responsibility, we take, create proper actions, we invest in ourselves. In heaven, they invest in, they, they, they mirror the same, exact same thing. This is just, and this is where Hashem responds. Just as a shadow reflects a person's every move, so does Hashem's relationship with His world reflect every single action of a person. Whatever you do, there's a mirror effect in heaven. You curse below, they're cursing above. You're angry below, there's anger above. There's limitations, there's constrictions. You open below, so imagine if you really believed in this, which how could you not believe in it? You have to, even if you don't believe in higher, you have to believe in higher power, that you are created from his, his, his etzem, his, 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 you have a piece of him, when we act in a proper manner and follow the way of God's stories, we trigger life force in our lives called Shefa. Right? That's my daughter's called Shefa. When you trigger, what creates a union in heaven? When you create a union below. For example, you eat something, you say a blessing, you appreciate it. Blessing means I'm blessing my creator. I'm blessing it. There's above, there's a, there's a spiritual flow from above. Right? And how do you know you're in a good state? When one good deed gives you, allows you to do another good deed. That's when you're in good flow. Because at the end of the day, you're in good flow when you're in, good, when you're in positive momentum, right? Because one good deed leads to another good action, right? The, the reward for a mitzvah is another good deed. Positive, right? When you work on your, what's the first thing you want to do when you, when, you, when, you, when you feel good about yourself? The first thing you do is not take, give. Compliment people. Do people compliment people when they're in a bad mood? No. Do people say hello to people when they're in a bad mood? No, because they're, they're thinking about themselves. You understand? So think about the days. How do you know your days are good? It's when there's a good flow. The flow of energy, the flow of the divine is flowing through you, and you want to do more. You want to do more. The compound effect of doing good. Because you feel, the, you feel connected. You feel connected, you do good. You feel good, you do good. You don't feel good, you don't do good. This bounty can take through many forms of our lives, including health, wealth, children, 
all kinds of salvation, big or small. Still, though every mitzvah triggers a divine mercy, correct? Every mitzvah does trigger divine mercy. The holy Bardichever said, that teaches that there are specific keys which can be used to open up heaven gates that cause Shefa to flow in greater quantities. So this, everything does, that means you could do Shekalula Venetral that opens up one key. But there's certain, you know, like the hotel manager, she's got the key to every room. There's certain things that open up the doors to pretty much every room in your life. And I've seen this in my life work 100%. And this is where I, I completely try to get people into the big picture. And those gates, what does he say? What are the keys? These are the keys of the 13 attributes of mercy. These keys have more because where do they come from Kabbalistically? They come from a realm called Keter. They come from a, a realm of tremendous amount of mercy. Highest of highest mercy called the, the mercy of Keter. The, the, this is why we say on Yom Kippur. We said this a thousand times on Yom Kippur. On the holidays we're saying this. Before we open up the gates we say this. El Rachum Vechanun. You're patient, you're kind, you're, you forgive sins. So this, what he's saying here, these are the 13 attributes of mercy which form from the prophet Micha and the lower forms of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is where the book, the Tomer Devorah. You know, many times they tell people are fighting. If you're, two couples are fighting, I tell them right away, read the Tomer Devorah. Because if you recognize that when you're forgiving somebody, it's an opportunity for you to be godlike. And if you have an opportunity to be godlike, then you're going to open up. These are the keys that are going to open up all kinds of blessings. This is why our sages say that one fight pushes away a hundred blessings. We are not all perfect, obviously. We're not perfect. But we can get into the solution right away. That's the good thing about it. I recognize I'm not perfect. I recognize I'm going to get angry. I recognize I'm going to hold. But at least I can go and forgive. And I, can have, I have that special key in heaven. So today, we, I think the world is judging whether you're religious or not. I've seen people that are not so religious, but they're extremely merciful and they have beautiful lives. And I've seen people that are really religious and not merciful and stingent with their mercy. And, 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 and all they do is add more restrictions and their life's darkness and darkness. That means there's no joy out of what they're doing. And they have tremendous, miserable lives. So it doesn't mean we're not assuming that if there's you know, just because you have religion, that's going to guarantee you to stay out of trouble. It, no, because you're not bringing God in your life. You can have a religion, but no God. <laughs> Believe it or not. You, as strange as that sounds. But yes, you can have, this is why it's first, emunah, <laughs> or Rahman says, first be happy, then be religious. The whole concept that it, it, this has to be combined. And basically, you're recognizing that I have an ability to constantly have greater, greater shefa. And if I want better opportunities, I have to be more merciful. And this is where the good old complicated people show up so that you have opportunities. Remember, if I want to open up a store, I need customers, don't I? If I want, what mercy, if you're nice to me and I'm nice to you, how much mercy can we give each other? There's not, it's, it's mercy, but there's no forgiveness. There's no, uh, you know, real, real mercy. I'm talking about where something really where you can go against your nature. It's nice, somebody gives you, buys you a cup of coffee, the next day you, you have mercy on him, you give him a cup of coffee. Okay, mazel tov. That's, that's chesed. Mercy is, is, is breaking your anger and giving them mercy. So you think about it. 
if we knew the greatness of the 13 attributes of mercy, we would invite all these customers, these complicated customers, and we would find a way to, 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 to recognize how I can give them mercy because this is going to open up the doors in heaven. Even if you're doing, do, doing this just to cash in, it's still beneficial because ultimately I want to be able to mimic my creator. The way I mimic a creator is he deals with, he, he forgives difficult people. You're difficult. I promise you, you're difficult in heaven. Are you all the time on? That you have your own rokshtut? One day you come, one day you don't. One day you're happy, one day you're not. You're not 100%. Nobody's 100% on the ball. But yet Hashem constantly is, 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 He's not shutting down the pipeline when you have a bad day. He's constantly giving. He's constantly giving. He's constantly giving. If He judged you the way you judge yourself, if He judged you the way you judge others, you would be broke tomorrow. But somehow he doesn't do that. He's mercy. So at least we can live that life of mercy. So when I tell you let it go, there's a reason why I'm telling you to let it go. Because you're doing it for yourself. It's not, it has nothing to do with the person. You're doing it for yourself. You need the mercy. When I tell you to forgive, and I tell you to, 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 to judge a person favorably, and to stop fighting over everything, and to, and, and to start appreciating your husbands, appreciating your wives, and appreciating this, it's because you are, mim- you are mimicking, mimicking your Creator. And if you want a salvation, you need to be able to mimic your Creator. Period. It's that simple. And if there's something that other people bother you, then there's something in yourself that you need to work on. You cannot be triggered in this world. If you're, you cannot get angry unless you're angry yourself. You cannot, get, you cannot have resentment until you're holding that resentment, anger. So it's, it's, I mean, I hate to tell it to you guys, the answer is obvious, but now the work has to begin. It's really working on heart, get, letting go, seeing the good in that person, seeing the good in that person, constantly seeing that good in that person. It's so much work, but once you work, work on this, you've got the keys. you got the keys to the point where the Divre San says that if a person lives Tomer Devora, he will be saved from cancer, which is, a, which is unheard of of a rabbi coming out with such a statement hundreds of years ago, that person could be saved. Because there's definitely a connection today, God forbid, within cancer and stored emotions. Stored emotions are an issue today. There's all kinds of work today, somatic work, trauma work. You have to let it go. This is what the, if you want a better life, and if you need any any kind of chizuk on this, read, read the books from um, Edith Hager. She was a Holocaust survivor. And she says, the only prison you are is the prison of resentment. And that's a greater prison than the prison in Auschwitz. I mean, wow. I mean, that, that, her book is, it wakes you up. Because ultimately, mercy is the greatest thing in the world you can give to people. And this is where difficult people show up in your life. And, 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 and it's a chance for you to see the mercy for them. It's, I keep on saying this. But we're not, we're, not getting, we're not getting this so much because our ego, our egos do not allow that forgiveness to happen. Our ego looks like it's thing. But if I just told you here, this is the key to everything. Why do you think many people, they, they, they say, if you get insulted and you forgive and you don't respond back, you, you can give people brachas and you can give people blessings and they can get blessings for children. Rav Chaim Kanietsky, he wrote a story how somebody got insulted, they forgave the person, they didn't respond back, and they, they, got, they got blessed with 
They blessed somebody else. They had a kid nine, nine, nine months later when the person couldn't have a kid in years. So this is where miracles happen. Miracles really, really happen. When you want to get married, forgive your mother. Forgive every, forgive, forgive your exes. Forgive. Just look at people as souls that have a troubled past, that hurt others, that don't have that. Can you really blame everybody right now? There's people that don't have that. Right? We keep on talking about that. There's people that just don't have that. They don't have consciousness. They don't know the difference. So they just, they take whatever they have and they dump it on others. And so we can be the light. Remember, we are supposed to be the light amongst the nations, not the darkness amongst the nations. We are supposed to set examples. So you could start being, setting an example in your life by being extremely merciful, less judgmental to people, more understanding of people, and you could be part of fixing the world. And this is where I can give you Gemaras also to say the same thing. Gemaras also say the same thing. Gemara says there was two rabbis that prayed for rain. There was a drought in the land and they, and they prayed for rain. And I believe one was Rabbi Ish. Rabbi, I forgot the name of the first one, but the second was Rabbi Akiva. And they both, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, they both prayed for rain. One got answered and one didn't get answered. So there was a Gemara, there was a Balkol in heaven. And they asked him, how, why did this person get, get, get forgiven? It's because, why did that person's prayer get answered in the other one? It's because that person was very, very easily to forgive. He did not hold anything back. So you, you, you just got to look at yourself and ask yourself, is it worth it? All of this grudge, all of this resentment, all of this you know, judgment, is it really worth it? And today, all we're seeing in the political world is nothing more but hate. Hate, hate, hate. That's why there's no under, we can't work together. There's no communications. All, all, all projections, and nobody's reflecting. Well, how do we make the world better? How do we make the world better? And what what you see out there in the world, believe it or not, is the same thing you see in your own heart. Rabbi Nachman says, "You're a miniature world." So when you see you have a Joe Biden in you, you have a Trump in you, you have a vice president in you, you have all that in you. Whatever you see in the consciousness out there is what you have in the consciousness inside of you. But what we, because the evil inclination has to be created the same way. So we have, to, we have to choose to be more merciful. I hate to use those examples, but let's use better, better presidents, exactly. In general, we all have a left and a right in our own hearts. We all have that. We all have a division in our heart. And we have to be able to create mercy by looking at that. So that's one way he says to mimic your creator and to get the keys, the greatest keys is in heaven is, this is exactly what I do with, with, with patients in our facility. Forgive, because you <laughs> right now, guys, you have an addiction. <laughs> Tell me you don't need mercy right now. Tell me you don't need help from your creator right now. You have an addiction. You have an active addiction. You don't think you need help? You need all the mercy in the world. So you need to go give mercy to people who hurt you. Because the only reason why they're running away from pain it's because they were hurt. It's really the problem is the solution. Because if they all of a sudden start giving mercy to others, God will give them mercy in their addiction. So it's actually set up the solution. The problem is set up in the solution. The solution is part of the problem. It's all the same thing. You get me? Because why would I be running away from pain if I didn't make the pain about me? I only have to run away from pain if I make the pain about me. But if I don't make it about me, then what am I? What, then really, it's not about me. So this is one of the things that you should do tremendously to open up doors. The second thing 
he recommends to open up special gates is to whenever you're doing whatever you're doing you have to have the combination of two emotions love and fear love is loving your creator fearing him is recognizing his greatness so part of our prayers is not to sit there and, and put a, a, a put a you know scoreboard on our creator I prayed okay well, what's you know what's, what's going on with this prayer I did this deed well, I forgave that person well what's happening I give that many people after the 40-day challenge they'll tell me well I did the 40-day challenge and what's happening so I said, let me ask you a question. Right now, you're about 400. You have, you have 400 spiritual pals right now. Okay? You just lost about 30 pounds. But you're still 360. If you're coming to me at 250 pounds and you lost 30 pounds, these 30 pounds, then you would be in better shape at 220. But you're still, I can't control how much of a schmutz that was done there. I don't know what, what, what everybody's done. I don't know where, where everybody's been. But there's a, there's a level of mishpat that at least you have to take out the layers. Some people can be in shape quicker than others, depending on the layers that they were created. But Nachum refers it to the soiled garments. So don't put a stop, a stop a limit on God. You do, and you don't control anything. <laughs> you don't control the prayer. You don't control when he's going to give you the salvation. You don't control anything. You do. And that's how you know how insignificant you are and how great God is. But the more, the minute you say, well, I, I did this, I did this, now I need to get paid. That is, that actually, a prayer with expectation not only does not get answered, it goes against you. So this is behind the concept of Rabbi Rush just saying, just say thank you. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. Because you're not, thank you is a form of praying, believing that everything's for the best. Just say thank you, saying thank you is, a, is believing that everything's for the best and it's supposed to happen exactly the way it's supposed to happen, exactly, and everything exactly is the way it's supposed to happen. And I'm not, when I'm saying thank you, I'm not, I can't, I'm not controlling anything. I'm just saying thank you. I'm being grateful for the moment. That's being in the present. That is displaying Amuna, because can you have Amuna without gratitude? No. And this is fi- funny how Rabbi Rush said many, many times that where he told people, just say thank you, you prayed already. You've done the prayer. The prayer got answered, but, there, but heaven wants you to accept it. Many times he'll tell a person, you prayed already. You, you, <laughs> the door's open. The salvation's there. But... You need to thank him for the situation. It's like a, a, an act, like a client, like a, somebody saying, okay, now I'm, th- I'm, I'm sober, okay. But you have to thank your creator that that darkness led you to all this light. You have to be grateful that that's actually happening for your benefit. Versus, okay, I'm sober now, let's move on. You still need to, to recognize there was a, there was the, that, that problem got you where you got it to today. It's very important to understand that. It's not enough just to say, okay, the problem's over, I'm good. Right? It's just like the guy asking, please, God, I'll be happy, I'll be religious if I find the parking spot. He finds the parking spot, two minutes later, he says, never mind. We don't want to have that never mind mind. Okay, I got what I want, never mind, I don't have to pray anymore. He, he, the, the, the prayer didn't get you out of trouble, the trouble got you into prayer.
the whole purpose is to get you into to get you connected, to get you connected. Remember, we're we're we are trying to save ourselves from the ultimate curse, which just seems like everybody's signing up for this curse today. Is the curse of the snake. What is the curse of the snake? Just give me this and I'll go away. That's a curse. You lose the connection. Real pain is running away from God. So everybody wants is just to, okay, get me married. Okay, I'm good, God. I got I'm married. I don't need you anymore. You want to be a snake? There's plenty of snakes. Snake is I got what I want, but I have no connection to you. I'm a snake. I have all the dust in the world. I have all the drugs in the world. I have all the things I want, but I have no connection to you. That is going to be real pain. Because you're going to recognize, the snake's going to recognize, there's nothing there but dust. And dust is what? Depression. Where you have everything and you have nothing. You have no connection. You have nothing. Oh, yes, you have tons of possessions. But you really have nothing. You're empty. You're just like the snake. The snake doesn't have to do anything. Just lays on the door, bites people. <laughs> that is what you're asking for. You always should ask for constant contact with your creator. Yes, the financial stuff is amazing. Yes, the zivug. Yes, the this. But you should always want a relationship with your creator. You should want hashkacha prati. To, be feel, to feel the connection in your heart. To feel your creator in your heart where you feel connected. I promise you. Without that, you just all you're asking for is a snake. Give me the dust so I can... I can cure up my insecurities of not having and I don't have to worry about not having. But it doesn't mean you're happy. It doesn't mean you're happy. And that's where we have to really make that change. So remember, let's be merciful and let's recognize that the most important thing also is to, is to recognize not to put a time clock on God. There's a reason why, etc. things happen, when they happen. Don't watch the time clock. Have a great day.